Welcome to Interruptions Podcast, where we have heartfelt and sacred discussions about our culture, faith traditions, and community. We invite guests who are open and willing to share their journey and disrupt the silence on their personal and professional interruptions that have impacted their lives as it relates to emotional wellness. Kathy and I are excited about every episode and committed to providing actionable advice that you can apply today to reinvent yourselves. Our podcast today is titled Jackie Responds. I am one of your co-hosts, Reverend O. And I am Coach Kathy. How are you? I'm well in yourself. We happy, are- happy birthday. As, are you one of those people that celebrate all week? So is it your birthday week or is it just going to be your birthday? birthday week? Birthday is Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating the big 60. All right. I love it. Well, you started already, though. You started celebrating. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good thing. You should celebrate yourself. I'm, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of celebrating, we have um, a very special guest on our show tonight. So, Odell, would you like to introduce our guest? Oh, yes. It's my honor, my privilege to introduce Jackie Cooper, my daughter, to the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Jackie's saying, like, what is going on? <laughs> I started to give your entire name, but I didn't want don't to do that. come on no. and say, don't, no, Mom, why'd you do that? So, Jackie. Oh, come on, come on. All right. No. <laughs> I'm not allowed to use the government name. So, Jackie, welcome to the red carpet. You are in part series two of a three-part series, and we are talking about the launch of Interruptions and the book which you are in it. So you are on the red carpet. Thank you. <laughs> you are quite welcome, <laughs> Jackie. This is very exciting for us to have you on our show. Uh, so Jackie, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Uh, as of now, I started a new job a couple months ago. I started Started the year off with a new job. I got a new car. Um, just working in a better direction. Maya too. I mean, Maya's always there. So, yeah, it's yeah. pretty much at the moment. Yeah. You want to say where you work? I always give the a new, shout out. Well, they don't. All right, the New Haven Lawn Club uh, across the street from the Peabody Museum off of Whitney Avenue. Oh, good for you. Good for you. And you were doing what there? Uh, I'm a chef there. Ah, I love it. I love it. Right. Following your mother's footsteps, right? Yes. <laughs> you can say it. You can say it. And- I was going to say it to some point, but I didn't know how far deep we was going into this. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> you know, he wants to say, and my father. <laughs> but that's uh, <laughs> And grandmother. So, yes. All right. All right. So, Odell, I have a question for you. Yes. We've had many guests uh, from the book on the show. Why are we just, uh, why are you just bringing Jackie on the show now? Because she wasn't ready. She said, I don't want to. Don't ask me. I will let you know when I'm ready to be on the show. I will support you, but I'll let you know when. And that was it. And then when we asked her, she said, yes. 
define ready for us. What do you mean? Jackie, you define ready. Well, I knew it was coming eventually. So when she asked me, it was like, all right, you can't push it off any longer. Just go ahead and do it. Because she'll keep asking. She She's very persistent. She'll keep asking. So might as well just do it the first time she asked and just be, be done with it. <laughs> so, Jackie, I think you know that we had your godfather on the show last week. Yes. And he told us a version. I want to hear your version now. But he told us a story about when he had to come see you and he took you out to dinner. With him and Mr. James? Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. So what's your version of that whole story? There was some some wording around discipline in there. And so. Yeah. I mean, it was my sophomore year of high school. I was uh, feeling myself, I guess you can say. And my grades slipped a lot. Well, according to my, if you know my mother, when it comes to education, anything below a B is not acceptable. So I was coming home with C's and I think one D and it was just unacceptable for her. So my father wasn't here. My father was out of state. So I didn't have that fatherly thing right there. So they stepped in and they took me to this Malaysian restaurant and the food was horrible. It was, the food was just so horrible. Like I didn't eat it, but they talked to me like nonstop. <laughs> it was like, you remember the clear eyes commercial and the guy's voice in the clear eyes commercial. It was just like so monotone and the tone did not change at all. Both of them talked to me like that for like over an hour and some change. And I heard everything, but it's like, I'm never doing this ever again, ever again. So yeah, after that, I went back to the honor roll status because no. You just didn't want to go through that again. That food was disgusting. (laughs) It was the food. That's why I remember it so much. It's like, I really messed up if they're having me eat this nasty food. Like, (laughs) yeah. But they loved it. Some people love it, right? I did not. And you, see, and now you're a chef. So do you think you would appreciate it more now? Uh, the food? Yes. No, absolutely not. No. Okay. All right. I don't know what they did that whatever it was, because I'm still, I'm allergic to seafood. So it had to be chicken, of course, but I don't know what they did to it, but no, no. Mm -mm. That's funny. That is funny. So Jackie, I want to uh, bring you back five years. We've been doing this podcast now for over a year, as you know. And I've been here with your mother's stories of pain and trauma for the loss of your brother. What was your initial reaction when you heard about your brother? I didn't believe it. It didn't seem true because that's not something you would expect or not to put us on a pedestal or anything like that, but it's not something we would expect from us like well how did somebody in your family die john was shot that's not something ever somebody would expect to hear how he passed away probably like car accident or something like that Mm -hmm. but shot no that's not something we expected in disbelief for a long time but it it happened so how did you find out well how did you hear the news um I remember the night uh, I just put Maya to sleep and I fell asleep 
from work. I got to get ready for school the next day. My mother got a phone call and I heard her scream in the loudest voice like ever. I'll never forget that tone of her voice. That pitch and that tone, I'll never forget it. And she was screaming and I'm screaming like, you're going to wake up Maya. Why are you like screaming so loud? I'm thinking that she's on the phone laughing with her friends because that's when she's laughing, she gets to that tone also, mm -hmm. but she wasn't laughing. And then I run upstairs and she was panicking and she was like, John was shot. And I'm like, John who? Like, what do you mean John was shot? And then just trying to figure everything else out after that. Yeah, that was yeah. The, the beginning of the darkness, shall we say. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you talk to me, you ask me about it. After, that was probably the last time I physically remember seeing Jackie. I, you know, you see someone, but you don't really see them. Mm -hmm. And we're living in the same house and I don't see her. So, yeah, and that's very interesting because I shared with you that when I was going through the, the issues with my daughter, that um, it wasn't until someone, my, my sister actually said to me, I had to make a decision for my daughter when she was three sending her to a school and imagine my daughter has special needs and then trying to determine to send her to a school at three and she wasn't talking yet and not really communicating and so i remember praying that night till the point where just exhaustion of praying and tears and so i remember waking up that next morning and for the first time in in two years i actually felt like i could see the sun like i was existing on that particular day and the first thought that i had was oh my god my son what have i done or said or not done over the 10 last two years and my daughter and my son are about two years apart and so at odell do you remember at what point you you thought about jackie I think I thought about her. I mean, we're living together, we're interacting, we're communicating, but I am not processing anything that she needs. I'm just on auto zone. And I remember Jackie, I had a dream. I think close to months later, I had a dream. And in my dream, um, the spirit led me to said, pay attention to her. And that's when I woke up and went downstairs and and talked to her. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this day, Jackie, you said, well, at least somebody's thinking about me. I'm glad you had a dream. Do you remember that? Yeah. 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 Jackie, did you realize your mother was not seeing you? Yes. You did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, how did, how did that look like? What did that look like to you? I mean, in general, I mean, I haven't lost a child, so I couldn't understand that part, that pain part of her still. I will still never understand that part. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm still, you still got one child that's, that's still here. Like, I'm still here. And it was like, hello. Mm -hmm. But it was like, she just, I don't know. I just, she had to go through her own time and she had to click out of it at her own time there's nothing yeah i'm her child but that's your own personal thing that you have to deal with i knew eventually she was going to come out of it because if you know her 
yeah, eventually, but I when she came out of it is when she came out of it. It's not Yeah. It was not like I would go upstairs sometimes just to check on her and she would be like, No, I don't need anything. I'll bring her water, bring her tea, at least make sure that she ate, but it's still all right, yeah, thank you, but no. Like I was a nurse. Or right, probably not a nurse. That was probably not no. I get, I get it. a caretaker. Yeah. Out. Let's go with that. Right? Okay. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Caretaker. Yeah. yeah. So when she came and had this conversation <laughs> with you, what was your response back to her? What she said, like finally somebody sees me, but in the process, I got so used to the routine of going to school and taking care of Maya and going to work afterwards and doing homework. I was still in culinary school, so mm-hmm. I was more trying to focus on finishing school that we really didn't even notice each other. She really wanted me to finish school and I didn't want to finish school. I wanted to give up completely. But if I didn't finish school, then it would have been a lot worse on my side overall. At some point um, in in our lives uh, with our parents, we we recognize that there is a role reversal for whatever the reasons. It could be due to illness. It it could be due to a situation just as what what you all went through. Uh, Jackie, do you remember when you may have recognized that there was a role reversal that you now became the caretaker or the mother? Um, the exact moment? Well, around the time. <laughs> I don't need a trade. I just need to, what was happening? What was happening at that time where you recognized um, that? Wait a minute. All right. Uh, graduated from school. Oh, this happened way before John's situation. She's always been telling I've always, I'm about to say, I've, I've always been the Death. caretaker for her, but when the roles reversed, there's a difference. The mm-hmm. roles reversed because we still had John and you were making money and you weren't sitting at home. So the roles definitely reversed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I go ahead. When do you think it happened? It was before your, even before your aneurysm, we was in that whole year process. Yeah. in that whole year process. But when you had your aneurysm, that's when it officially marked on the books. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And that whole year process. You know, she would tell me, are you going to counseling? Um, You taking a pill? What are you doing? And she wanted to see the prescription. She wanted to read them before I took them. When I went to counseling, she wanted to know what happened. You know, I'm like, gee, I get some privacy? Nope. Nope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I had to check in. Where are you going? Who are you going to be with? Certain people she was a little leery about. And other people, I okay, that's fine. You can do that. Yep. Miss Kathy's cool. Okay, you can go there. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, I, I think I'm gr- I think I'm grown. Right. No, but I had to check in with her, get permission. So what made you resolve to that, though? As a mother, you know, you're exactly what you just said. I'm grown. You know, when do I have to check in with you? Right. And so what made you resolve to responding to her questions? Because normally we would be like, oh, I don't think so. I'm not answering yeah. that one of those questions. <laughs> right? I, I think what really ha- what really clicked for me 
mm-hmm. was when I was trying to cook after the brain aneurysm mm-hmm. and short-term memory. I would walk away from the stove. Something's in the oven on broil. Something's on top of the stove. And next thing you can do is smell smoke. So whatever mm-hmm. was on the stove is evaporated. It was in the oven is burnt. And she's like, this is your second time getting ready to burn down this house. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole conversation of I will. She goes, and I'll cook for you and put the food in the, in the microwave. And that's when I had a tizzy fit. But that's when I really started paying attention because it scared me that my memory was gone. It was just that short. I could walk away and forget what I was doing. And she really had to step in and help out a lot. So, Jackie, you brought up the aneurysm that your mom had. So first Mm -hmm. you you lose your brother and then Mm -hmm. now your mom has an aneurysm. What stops you from having a nervous breakdown? Like, what did you what did you do? Uh, I did have a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Definitely did. Um, I I don't really know. I really don't know. Just stopped for a while. Everything became, life was a blur for, for like a couple of weeks. When she was in the hospital, life was pretty much like a blur. But I had my godparents, my uh, godmother was here and my other aunt was there, which helped a lot. But I don't know, going to work, I guess, even though you told me to go to work right before you went underneath. Ha. Sorry. She, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> she told me to go to work, which was a distraction, which I needed. Because if I wasn't at work and just sitting at home, it would have been a lot worse because there's nothing I could have done because she's in a coma. What can you do? Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing at all. The bills were paid. Everything was paid. It's like, all right, but you sitting at home, not going to work, really is not going to help the situation mm-hmm. for me. So. I just went to work and I worked at Maya and went to work. Do you think during that time um, that your relationship with God changed? I understood my relationship a little bit more. Because what what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, what does that mean? I understood it more because God does things for a reason. And um, my mother, she really gets mad at me that I don't go to church, mm-hmm. but I do pray every day. I do have a relationship with God. I just don't feel like I need to sit in a service every day. That's just my personal beliefs. Mm-hmm. But to understand God and understand his purposes, he does everything for a reason. And to understand why he does things for a reason, you going to drive yourself crazy trying to understand why he does this. Mm-hmm. So he did this action to our family for a reason we will never understand why but it woke a lot of people up and to understand that life can change for you at a drop of a hat mm-hmm. so i'm angry at him for doing it i don't still don't understand why he did it but i'm more at peace on his reasoning behind it because he does things for a reason and you can't fight with him. You can't argue with him. You hold that guilt inside with you. You that holds more pressure on your shoulders. You just got to let that go. Mm-hmm. So once you let it go, you kind of things start to brighten up just a little bit more. Jack, you made a comment that um, people needed to wake up. What do you mean by that? Oh, it's waking a lot of people up. 
John was a uh, he was a special character in everybody's life. He he was special. He made everybody laugh no matter what. So it's like, all right, why did you pick John of all people in the world? Like, why him? Mm-hmm. You could have not saying that, but we just don't understand why him. So even a special character in anybody's family, appreciate it. Appreciate your sibling. Appreciate no matter how old you are, appreciate anybody in your family because they can still be taken away at a drop of a hat. And you're going to be mad at God because of that situation. But he has what he, he does what he does for a reason. Okay. So Odell, you're in the hospital. Yes. Jackie shared that you were in a coma. Yes. Um, you wake up out of a coma and your thoughts first probably were like, where, where am I? And kind of what happened. But when you saw Jackie, was that another moment where you might've said, oh my God, Jackie, what has she been going through? Or what did you think about in terms of Jackie? I don't remember seeing, I was, you know, in a partial coma. So I can, could barely see mm-hmm. and can only hear. So I couldn't see her still, but I could hear her voice in the room. She was incognizant. She was, out she was in a, for, oh for two weeks, she was out, but she still had a tube in and they, she still had a tube in her throat also. So she wasn't able to talk, but she was able to write stuff down. Mm-hmm. So she was, if you were in front of her, her memory will click onto who was in front of her and she will talk to you about what she knew from what was in front of you, but by the person that was in front of her. But if you wasn't standing in front of her, she wouldn't remember anything. If you said a name, it'll probably click into her, Mm -hmm. but she just wouldn't, she was out of it for a while. So no, I don't remember. So at what point, at what point do you think it, when you did start to gather your memories, did you then think about what Jackie had to go through? And did you have conversation with her on that? Or Jackie and I, we talked, a, I don't remember much conversations. Oh, yes, she did. What did you tell me about my phone and iPad? Oh, yeah, you couldn't have it because it's the first thing she did when she woke up. She wanted her phone and iPad. <laughs> I'm like, what do you need your phone for? She's like, I need to call this person. I need to call this person. She's like, no, you you just literally, your brain just burst into a thousand pieces and you want to get on your phone and iPad. You know, mm-hmm. you want to, you want something entertaining. I gave her her Bible. This is what you have for entertainment. You know, that absolutely positively not. She no. took my phone and cell phone and then she said, and I deleted all these alerts that kept popping up and you're not oh. going to. When you get better, you're not going to do half the stuff you was doing before. Because I had her phone and I'm at work. So I have my phone and her phone and her phone is beep, 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 beep every five minutes. A meeting for this, a meeting for that. I'm like, no wonder. No wonder. Mm-hmm. Like You have all of these notifications, thousand emails, 64 text messages, 64, all of this. I'm like, how? Mm-hmm. I get anxiety over one notification on my phone and you have all these reds and everything. And she deleted them all. Deleted them all. Every single one of them. That is so funny. Well, you got cut off. You got put on punishment. (laughs) Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And then then she went on Facebook and she said something to, on, was it your page or my page? 
I posted it on my page and tagged you in it. So okay. whoever was your friend saw it also. I said, do not call her or text her. I have her phone. If you need to contact her, you can see her when she gets out of the hospital. Other than that, leave her alone. You were really on punishment. I was cut off. And that do you know, it. nobody came to uh, Jackie. I got to call Jackie. My sorority sister, I got to call Jackie. Is it okay for with Jackie if I come by? And then when they came and they was dropping off food, she had to speak to them too. Uh, make sure whoever comes that they only stay five minutes. And she told Soroy Robin, and Robin told everybody, Jackie said, you can drop that your food off funny. and you can only stay five minutes. So she thought she was in charge. Yeah, well, uh, in essence, yeah. she was, right? Well, the doctor told us, well, told, yeah, told us the day after it happened, her, she wasn't supposed to wake up. The doctor told us she had three months. They found they was able to repair two of the ones that burst, but there's still another one that's too small to operate on. So they was just letting it, we can't operate on it, but she still needs to be precautious, but they still wasn't expecting her to wake up. Mm -hmm. So she woke up and after she woke up, they still said it's still there. So it can still burst at any time. But she not supposed to do anything extra. So do you think she listened? No. That's so that's why all the alerts and stuff went off the phone and a lot of stuff she couldn't do and she still can't do. But yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. You don't have to tell that part. Okay. Okay. Well, I I wrote it down. So we're good. (laughs) (laughs) So Jackie, you're a mom. You're taking care yes. of your mom and Maya, your daughter is seeing mm-hmm. all of this activity and changes in her life. What kind of conversations did you have with her to, to share? First of all, what did that conversation look like when you shared with her what happened with your brother? And then now her grandmother is in the hospital, someone that she's used to seeing every day. What did that look like? What did that conversation look like? Well, Maya was three when everything happened. So she didn't know anything about anything because she was just too young. Mm-hmm. All she knew was that she didn't see my mother and her father's mother, her other grandmother. She was in the hospital also. She was um, getting surgery for breast cancer. Wow. So she didn't have both of her grandmothers were out of the picture for a while. That's the only thing Maya remembers about that time frame okay and then there's a lot of people coming in and out of the house and you know they're staying over so she was pretty you know she was busy but she didn't know what was going on she didn't start asking questions she knew her uncle who passed away she didn't know that she was old enough to comprehend that part but the questions and stuff didn't really happen to like a couple years later and we still don't give her everything because she's still too young to she's just Mm -hmm. still a child Mm -hmm. in general when i came home from the hospital kathy jackie said the school because she was in daycare said that the school was making her leave at 12 o'clock in the afternoon because she was she was cutting up so jackie's i'm in the hospital jackie's working single mom 
John's gone. I'm not there. And she has to go to the school and pick up her daughter uh, earlier. Mm -hmm. So what you define cutting up, what do you mean? She had butted a teacher. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. All right. This is a, this is a, 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 and they kept saying, you know, that this is not like her, you know, yeah. why is she behaving so angry? So, and, and so, and didn't want to listen. And Jackie had to tell me what was going on. And when I got out the hospital, she told me that what, you know, what Maya was doing and it was and she, all the stress that she was carrying. Mm -hmm. So we decided that we would talk to the school because that's one of the things that we didn't, that she had not done. So we called the daycare mm -hmm. and we explained to the daycare what was going on in the house mm -hmm. and what was going on with Jonathan and um, it, which, which they now understood, explained why this four-year, three, 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 four-year-old was misbehaving and had anger because she couldn't express herself. Mm -hmm. So it's coming out in her behavior. Mm -hmm. And when we explained that to them, they were like, okay, but you still got to come get her at 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And the Christmas break was coming up, if I'm not mistaken. And that allowed us to help put Maya back on a routine but what we did with the school was Jackie was pretty adamant is make sure they record this in her file correctly because <clears throat> didn't want those class, those notes, my misbehaving head, but a teacher, she didn't want those notes following her the mm -hmm. rest of her academic school year. Right. Um, so when I spoke to them, I said, please change the notes, take this piece out, make sure this is clear. Yeah. And they understood and I explained to them why and they did it. And when Jackie found the report, saw the, re the report, it was clear. Mm -hmm. because it was important. Jackie said it's important that those electronic files don't, she's not judged by what she did at three years old. Right. See, when you and I were in school, there was no electronic files. Right. Yeah, paper. So mm -hmm. they lost. That's right. That You're absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. So Jackie, how through all of this process, through the, the loss of your brother, your mom being in the hospital, how did you how did you grieve or did you? Yes, did grieve, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you mean by how did I grieve? Your your grieving process. So everybody does it, goes through it differently. So one of, I know one of the things you talked about was you kept busy. You kept going to work. Do you think yes. that that was part of your grieving process to stay busy? Yes, it was a distraction, mm -hmm. a mental distraction. Yeah. So you needed mental distractions. Yes, I need something to do. If I am bored, that's when I get into trouble. Mm -hmm. So I need something to do. Yeah, absolutely. I was working probably like 40, 45, 50 hours a week. Wow. And not dealing with it. I tried to get her to go to counseling. Mm -hmm. And what did you tell me? No. Why? Because I didn't want to. Because I don't like talking about my feelings. So I didn't like talking about my feelings. And then the counselor, she was like, she's a trauma counselor. She can help you with this. And I'm like, well, this is the type of person I am. Mm -hmm. I said, well, did my counselor lose her brother like I did? And she said, no. And I said, how the heck is she going to help me? with counseling if she's not experiencing anything that I've done. Okay. And that's a common re, um, 
verse of what people say when you talk about counseling. So that's not unusual, what you said. And then she tried to tell me, she says, I have friends to talk to. I (laughs) I have friends on Facebook. And I was like, Facebook is no daggone counseling. So I got even madder. And I called Marcel and we ganged up on her. But, you know, Jackie raises a a good point, right? For millennials, maybe that is the way that they share their feelings through on social media. So we don't think about that, right? We we think traditionally, but we have to be open to other ways that people share how they feel. And so that's a that's a great point, though. That's a That's another show, I think. <laughs> that's definitely I, another I, show. I, I was so mad she said, happens on Facebook. <laughs> but I, I, listen, I think that's a that's an idea for another show. Thank you, Jackie. That's <laughs> so Jackie, one of the questions that we always ask our guests when they come on is because going through a traumatic event um, looks very differently for people. And mm-hmm. so, uh, one thing though, that we urge people is to practice self-care for mm-hmm. you. What does self-care look like? I'm still trying to figure that part out actually. Okay. Starting, um, it took a while for me to get to this point, but leaving Texas row house was step number one because that place was, I just needed to leave. Mm-hmm. I just needed to leave. That was step number one. So I have this new job. I have a new car. I'm feeling, I'm not, I don't feel so much pressure on my shoulders like I did before because I was struggling a lot more financially. Mm-hmm. And that is in Connecticut nowadays, everybody just knows what that's like nowadays. Mm-hmm. So that leaving and getting a new job was step number one. I'm still trying to figure out the self-care thing. I needed to still take a vacation. I still need to do all of that wonderful goodness. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time I had a pedicure, but yeah, step number one was getting a new job. So I'm still in, trying to figure out the answer to that question. Uh, we, did, we did pedicure when Marcel got married. He's been married for like two to three years now, mom. Yeah. Really? You did really? Thanks, 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 mom. Thank you. That is, but now it's now she you. told all of your business. Thank, now thank and you. there you go. Wow. And then, now wait a minute. <laughs> that is so funny. That is funny. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. That's funny. But I love that because Jackie, you're being very honest to say, listen. You know, I don't want to talk to somebody about my feelings. And, and you shared that. And so I think that you kept busy. Uh, you were awesome. You were an awesome mother to your mother, right? And trying to get her not to do things that she shouldn't be doing and to relax. So one day you're sitting there and she comes to you and say, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to do a play. I'm going to write a play and produce a play about what we went through. What was going through your head? Absolutely. Nope. I was against it completely. Why? Because he's not here. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's not here. I mean, I get the message behind it, but your energy should be focused on who's in front of you. 
Okay. But we still love him. Don't get it twisted. He, we still love him. We, he will never, that will never be taken away, but he's not here. Focus on something else. Okay. And I always made a joke about this because I always said that he was her favorite. <laughs> and sometimes, even though he's sometimes, yes, but he's just, he was just a special, special person in general. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he deserves it. But yeah. You know, she said to me one day, Mary, I don't know if you remember, she says, John is gone. I'm here. When are you going to pay attention to me and be with me? You're mm-hmm. still spending more time with him than you are with me. And I never saw it that way. Wow. I never saw it that way. Because I don't know why we did the play. Reverend Anderson, Jonathan said, you know, as Jonathan Berryman said, but we didn't know the message. The message behind the production wasn't there until later. Mm-hmm. We was just telling our story um, from a faith perspective, from a culture perspective. We had no idea that it was going to lead to mental health, emotional mm-hmm. wellness, stress, everything that we went through, generational trauma. Maya's doing something in, in kindergarten. Jackie's stressed out as a millennial. I'm the adult. I'm the, I'm, you know, and we're women. And what does that look like? Then Marcel being, you know, we had no idea that this message was going to impact Mm -hmm. our community like this until it did. So, Othel, did you feel like you needed Jackie's permission to write the play? Heck, yeah. I she first told me no I do not agree with it how are you going to pay for it you don't have a job I mean she just went down the list you can't be in front of the computer you know what are you doing who's going to get this how are you going to pay them she just went on and on and on and I said I don't know I'll figure it out and Marcel said I don't see it I don't know what you're going to do and, and next thing they knew Reverend Anderson Alita and Jonathan Berryman are sitting at the table for months having a conversation. And she was ear hustling. You know, meetings had to be at the house. We're in the midst of COVID. Mm. Had to be, meetings had to be at the house so she can listen. And then if I said something that wasn't accurate, she'd come out the room. Oh, yeah, because you had to go. If, if you, I'm like, all right, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna you're gonna make sure the facts are straight. Here's the here are the facts. Because she was touching it, and then she would get certain things wrong, and then it was like, all right, I guess I gotta be part of the process. If you're gonna do it, at least we're gonna tell the right stuff. And yeah, <laughs> kind of like move over, I'll do it. Right, right, all right, all right. You got me now. <laughs> interrupt and correct. You don't remember this, but this is what really happened. Or. John never told you this, but this happened. And when it came time for her to be interviewed for the story and Marcel, I had to leave the house. Mm-hmm. I could not be in the house and hear their story. So when I saw it play out in the script, I was like, where did that come from? They were like, you can't touch that. That's Jackie's voice. Huh? So uh, Reverend Anderson was letting Jackie read the script. She needed to see it before we went live. Mm-hmm. She was a part of the cast selection um so she was watching the interviews i like that person she was texting me nope not her nope nope she can't play me oh i like her she can play me okay she kind of looks like me 
So, so yes. So she was, a, she was, I had to get her approval. She and Marcel, and I did, and Damar, they all gave me their approval. So Jackie, one of the questions that, uh, and now it's become a staple for us, but one of the questions I asked your mom, just in, in general, when we were sitting around talking, um, I said to her, what is it like for you when, like if she and I might go out and you're sitting and we're socializing and then all of a sudden someone comes up to her and, and in the conversation, you recognize that the person is talking to her more as her in her role of being a minister than Odell. So we would have that conversation because I always wondered about that, right? We're out chilling and all of a sudden you kind of got to put your, your, your minister hat on, right? So for both of you, let me ask you this question. While, and, and I will never say that your grieving is over, but I would, at, at the beginning, while you were going through the midst of this trauma, was there ever a time while you were grieving and you just wanted to be left alone to grieve that someone may have come up and tried to interrupt that time by approaching you and just maybe asking about your grief or how you were doing? And then what, what was that like for both of you? People are very inconsiderate because they will come up and they will say, I know how you're feeling, or I know what you're going through, or just talk to me, you know, I'm here and I want to talk. And it's like, no, I don't want to talk about the fact that my brother died and my mother almost died and I'm working and I'm kind of stressed out. I just want to sit here and just enjoy my little 30, 45 minutes, whatever time frame I have and let me enjoy it. I don't want to talk about anything. And a lot of people don't understand just sitting in peace and quiet. It's a lot more peaceful than just talking to somebody because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand. Do you remember the day you came home when we <clears throat> had the article change in the newspaper and you were working at was the pissed. grocery store? <laughs> I was pissed. I was pissed. What happened? We're on the front page of the New Haven Register, the front page of New Haven Register. And if I ever wanted to be on the front page of the newspaper, that's not the picture I want to be on the front page of the New Haven Register. And it's all of us all sad faced and whatnot. And I'm working at Elm City Market downtown in the heart of New Haven. And everybody in the world, when I walked into work, my manager held up the newspaper and said, you're on the front page of the newspaper. I'm like, you like really Ooh. like do you know why i'm on the front page of the new did you read the article and then he reads the article because he didn't read the article and then he goes oh yeah yeah that's not that's not something but my job there was i was working the show so i see all the customers and i got customers pointing at me asking me questions like she's on the front page of the newspaper and I can hear them whispering like that's the girl on the front page of the newspaper. Oh yeah. Her brother was killed. Well, what did her brother do? And they're just all talking and like, I'm like, people were really just inconsiderate. Really, really inconsiderate. I remember her coming home when she got off work. She said, I'm quitting my job. I just want to let you know, I can't work there anymore. And I'm like, you know, me quitting a job. She says, because of you. She said, I can't even go to work without people walking up to me, pointing at me, 
asking me questions and giving me triggers all over again. She said, because of you? And she said, don't put another article in the paper with my picture on it about John. Don't put my name attached to anything. I didn't care what she did. My name would not be attached to anything that she did. So, Odell, what was it like for you? Now, Jackie, Jackie feels that people were inconsiderate. How about you? Oh, they were. They were, okay. you know, they didn't always know. They were they were compassionate, but they just didn't know what, what to say. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it the way Jackie did because everyone that I knew was in a car and didn't really see the New Haven Register unless they go into an office or a school or something. She saw more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one ever posted it on social media. They just knew what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. So people meant well. They just were saying the wrong things at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it difficult. And that's mm-hmm. when I started saying, I'm not going to lie about how I feel. Ask me another question mm-hmm. because that's how I feel. And I love that. I love that honesty. Yeah. Ask me another question. So for for years now, the loss of Black men in the world and in our community has just become overwhelming. And I know um, that you felt, we all feel it when we hear the news, when we hear of a shooting, we're sitting and just saying, okay, is this going to be another young Black man? And so I know that you had your feelings about that prior to the loss of your son, but does it, and, and of your brother, does it feel, do those stories feel differently now for you? Is there a way to compare how you felt prior to the loss of, of Jonathan? I'll, I'll go. It hurts when mm-hmm. I see it. Seeing George Floyd was hurtful. Um, Arbery, I mean, it's just painful that I had to not watch it a lot and because it's a hard reminder. So I'm off social media, I'm not on the news because I don't want to relive that because I'm still in the very tender age stage of grieving. And Mm. those are triggers. And what Jackie and I didn't know until counseling that in the month of April, which is the the month the interruption happened in November, his birth date, we would get emotional and didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And one day I came downstairs and Jackie was bawling, crying. I don't know if you remember this. She was crying. I was like, what's the matter? I'm, I'm saying to myself, it's not April. You know, mm-hmm. you know oh, that was when um, <laughs> Nipsey Hussle yes. was the when Nipsey Hussle had died. That was a trigger for me because it didn't make any sense. His murder didn't make any sense to me. And I was in tears that morning, mm-hmm. complete tears. I came out there. She said, Nipsey Hussle. I was like, Nipsey Russell? I'm like, you don't even know Nipsey Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you crying over some old man for? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> she made fun of me. She, she made fun of me for crying over it, but it was like it was the concept behind it yeah. that was a trigger. That's that's what it was. But I backed up once I realized and I had to go look him up. I had no idea who Nipsey Hussle was mm-hmm. or why she was crying. Mm-hmm. And I said, tell me about this man, because I don't know who he is. And she mm-hmm. was like, oh, that's like asking who Stevie Wonder. <laughs> she had to go there, right? Listen yeah. up. Yeah. Go there. Yeah. yeah. OK. So it, it really depend on age because that was that generational. Mm-hmm. 
So I think I think you just hit it. And so now is that when you hear those stories now, is that a? I mean, it was hard enough before, but is that a trigger for both of you now when you hear yeah. those stories? Yeah. Certain stories and certain movies I can't watch either because mm-hmm. um like that barbershop was the last one that came out with Ice Cube in it. Yes. I can't watch that. I can't watch movies, certain shows. If I know that, if I see it and if I know what's going on, it's it's going to, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I can listen to Wiz Khalifa songs, certain Wiz Khalifa songs, because mm-hmm. that was one of his favorite rappers. Certain songs I can't listen to because I'll just start crying off rip. It'll mm-hmm. just, it'll just happen. Yeah. Where, yeah, there's movies I can't watch. Or she'll say, don't turn that All-American. I think that's one. She said, don't watch that, mom. You can't watch that. I, I, yeah, it was like a few shows. We got I got into a couple episodes first, and I was like, if I can't do it, then I know you can't do it. So, mm-hmm. nope, so don't watch yeah, it. Certain shows, certain movies, she'll tell me ahead of time not to watch. And we're better now at listening to, to songs that remind us of him and laughing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm a classic man. Is that how it goes? That, yeah, that yeah. song? So yes. we hear it now, and now we laugh versus it making us sad. And I, I, that's a really important to point out because I think that's what we try to do in our conversations in the podcast to share with people that you don't, while a, a tragedy such as that, you know, you feel like you're never going to get through that. And you don't, you don't get through the loss, but you move on to not get stuck where you are. And so that that's really important. And along those lines, Jackie and, and Odell for you too, both of you now are role models for families going through the traumatic loss of a child, a spouse. Um, and so how does this level of responsibility resonate with both of you? Jackie, I'm going to start with you first. Right, you repeat that. I want to make sure that I answer. Sure, you are both role models mm-hmm. now for other families that are going through a, a, a senseless loss. Um, mm-hmm. Not not where someone is ill, but a tragic loss such as yours, the the a, a shootings, just senseless. Um, and so, how does that level of responsibility resonate with with you? I didn't consider myself a role model, in this. Okay, that's mm-hmm. new. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she and I are in the same place. I don't look at myself as being a role model telling this story. Mm-hmm. There's so many other people that experience what we've gone through. They just haven't talked about it. So, yeah, I don't cons- no, I don't consider myself a role model, but I definitely can relate to having PTSD, having depression, having anxiety, having certain issues, I can relate to other people like that on certain levels. And there are a lot of people out here that have those issues. They just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. No, so I, I same thing, because when I don't have the answer, I just have my, I just discuss our process of what we went through and the good and the bad and the struggles that we still have. I decide to be transparent. Mm-hmm. And all I can do is tell the truth because that's all I remember is and what whatever I remember is 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 the truth. But I don't look at myself as a role model because there's someone out there who didn't have a brain aneurysm and knew how to handle the stress better than I did 
or had the health care that they needed to get the counseling so that they wouldn't have the issues that I have. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, my life was interrupted where I can't return to work. I had to, this is why I'm, you know, I'm doing this. I reinvented myself, but other people have had other resources and other support that they can continue on with their life and they caught it early and they knew the language of mental health. They knew triggers and stress and depression and they were able to get the help that people in our community don't get, don't understand the language and behavior and therefore we suffer a lot more. So not a role model, just just being a messenger. So you said that you said that you don't have the answer, but I think both you and Jackie gave an answer um, to say the difference is the fact that you talked about it. So that can be an answer for someone yes. just to be able to share their story. First step. It's the first step is to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't hold it in just to talk about it. <clears throat> and coming from her, that's a that's a that's a miracle. <laughs> 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 Odell, you wrote in your book that John was the bridge that kept you together. How did that happen? And what adjustments have you had to make to fill that void? Or have you made any? Uh, yes, John was the bridge for Jackie and I. We're just so much alike. So we would get mad at each other. And John would have to come literally sit in the room that we were in. And we would not speak to one another. We talked to him. She said he would have to come home from the city sometimes and actually sit down just for a weekend, sometimes just for a day because of his work schedule. He would literally come home at like 10 o'clock at night, have breakfast with us in the morning and just so we can not argue anymore and then be back on the train within the next day just so he can go back to work. We could not figure that out. He was the one. And then once we started talking to him, he was talking to us. He did it for years. That's been his role his entire life. And he just kept doing it. Mm-hmm. And when the bridge was gone, Maya stepped in because Jackie and I was arguing about a fork, uh, my oatmeal pot in the sink that she purposely didn't clean, you know, and the forks were disappearing. We, we would argue about you little stupid things. Mm-hmm. And True to form, Maya stood up. I don't know how old she was. She was probably like five, and she said, I can't take it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You all are always arguing. That's funny. She said, we don't argue in front of her. We talk. Mm -hmm. We don't raise our voices. We talk in front of her. And then Maya, now that she's older, she knows what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. She's And she goes... Sometimes she goes, you know what, Nana? I think mommy's right. Or she goes, you know what, mommy? I think Nana is right. But sometimes I think something can go like this. So she's she took it over. She's she's the bridge. She is the bridge now. (laughs) And we always need that extra someone. Even I mean, we're we're much better than Mm -hmm. we were. Oh my goodness, than we were before. We don't argue about forks. But what I have to tell the fork story really quick. Maya started putting, she started putting away the dishes. And she said, look, I put the forks in the dishwasher. She said, but they're not coming back out. Where these forks are going, they are disappearing. I said, there you go. It's not me. It's like socks, right? 
She said, oh no, it's gosh. not me. The forks are disappearing. That you are, is so you funny. Are right. So yes. But no, we're much better. We're conscious of our tone. Uh, we apologize. We p- approach each other. Mm-hmm. Are you free to talk? Let's have this conversation. I need. She'll say, I need you to listen to me. Do I need to say it again? I need you to sit down, turn mm-hmm. off the TV, put your phone down. I mean, those kind of instructions. And then she tells me, Tells me what I need to know. She speaks to me. So we're more conscious of our voice and tone. Which is great. That's great. So, yeah. So, Jackie, you mentioned at the beginning that you have a new job. So congratulations. Thank you. Why was, uh, why do you feel it was necessary to change your job? I needed more money. Okay. Well, (laughs) that's a good one. And I didn't go, don't get me, Texas Roadhouse was what I needed, but I did not go to culinary school to be a master of mashed potatoes for my whole life. Okay. I wanted to go to culinary school to actually know how to cook food and learn about stuff. And I eventually want to be a private catering chef, so I can't do that if I'm working in a corporate restaurant. I need to go other places and learn other things mm-hmm. so right like it probably was like six months after culinary school mm-hmm. is when i started at texas Rose. so i haven't been any place else since i left culinary school so this is my first place after uh culinary school when i'm actually going back to working with every ingredient underneath the world okay i love it chasing so your dream I. I love it Good for yes. you. Good for you. Odell, can you share with us the news um, about your <laughs> granddaughter's story in the book? What is happening with that? You see that face, Kathy? You just had to bring this up, right? Uh-huh. So uh, we've been asked interruptions, and I had to get Jackie's permission. She hasn't given it to me yet. So we've oh. been asked. Is this you asking me for my permission? So we've been asked uh, to extract our granddaughter, my granddaughter's story, my story from interruptions and tell the story is a illustrated book of the impact of losing someone abruptly, rather gun violence, Um, a sudden death, however, something traumatic, and especially gun violence, because you know that's that's huge in our community, more so than anything else. But what's what's the impact from a young person's point of view? And they want me to share the story that we told in a children's illustrated book of knowing that her uncle is here, and then hours later, he's gone, everybody's in the house, Mommy's crying. Grandma's gone. The other grandmother's gone. Her life, as she knew, was interrupted. And then problems at school and the piece where Jackie and I have to have a talk with the school to make sure the records are accurate to Mm -hmm. the fact of how we helped her gain her stability and be able to talk about grief. And she can permission to cry and and we can talk about Uncle Coop for what she remembers and it'd be okay. So that's the story that they want us to tell what she went through. So do I have your permission? I was going to say, I see that look on Jackie's face. And I feel like this is going to be another one of those times where you have a conversation where Jackie's yeah, going to say. Yeah, we have a conversation about that. <laughs> 
she's gonna say, I need you to turn off the TV. I need you to listen to me. But I see. Yeah, we're gonna I have mean, a conversation. A, I can't a, give you a. Yeah. I'm not saying no, and I'm not saying yes. We have to have a conversation about that. That's no. honest, right? But that's a great opportunity. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yes. So, um, unfortunately, we are coming to the end of our podcast. But Jackie, if you would, through your journey. Uh, if there is one major lesson that you could share of what you learned, what would that be? One lesson. Hmm. I would say, ah, I don't, I don't know. That's honest. I don't know. Was counseling helpful? Because most kids, your most people your age don't like counseling. Would you say it could be an it should be, it could should be considered as an option? Yeah, but yeah, you everybody needs an outside person who doesn't have any relation and doesn't know know you personally. You need to talk to somebody who doesn't know the situation. Don't talk to somebody who knows you because if I would have went to somebody that knew you and knew me since I grown up and then wanted to talk to me about the situation I'm like okay you're not helpful because you know us right. and you know John and you know our family background so you don't know anything but going to somebody outside that you just met clear out the blue and you talk to them probably be the best thing in the world for you okay and I, I could love tell the difference with her when she was in counseling it, it was I could tell it was good. Well, that's good for the audience to know that ultimately you did seek counseling. So that's good. Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us. We really appreciate it. I know it was a difficult decision for you, but we do appreciate you being so open and sharing your feelings. And, and I'm so proud of you for not just that, but just for uh, going after your dream of being a chef. And any time I am willing to sacrifice and come over and taste your food, <laughs> I am, because that's just the type of person I am. So anytime you want to cook dinner, lunch, breakfast, you just tell me and I will come over. And <laughs> But thank you. Thank you so, so much. I have thank one you for question before Kathy close. Sure. Um, Jack, all my sorority sisters and everyone who sees this and, and Miss Ann, they all say, how's Jackie? You know, they're really concerned about Jackie. So Jackie, how's there you go? <laughs> I'm fine. Okay. They want to know. Good. Well, you have a beautiful smile that shows that you're good. I love it. Thank I love you. it. And it's, and it's a continual journey that you will be on. And so I do, I do want to be clear with our audience that although we talk about grief, that that's the loss, you never get over the loss, but you uh, move from where you are. And that's one of the reasons why Odell started this podcast, because we try to expose that a life interruption can sometimes be traumatic or just an interruption in our lives that can be temporary or permanent. It depends on how we allow it to per, uh, affect our lives. And we will continue to, 
discuss the impact of trauma and a moment in time that can alter your planned journey. But we also discuss that there's a time where we need to move forward into healing. So our podcast is for anyone who needs to hear this message. And we always remind you to please like and subscribe to our podcast. And we appreciate our audience always joining us. So thank you. Thank you. Are you going to share this on your page, Jackie? You're going to tag me in it, aren't you, Mom? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love the way she talks back to you. Like, of course, yeah, my that's how she gets me to do stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All well, right. Thank you. Thank you.